Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello and welcome into this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. Joaquin Neiman is a special invitee to this year's Masters. Tournament chairman Fred Ridley making the call on Wednesday. Thorborn Olsen as well as Rio Hitsune also earning a spot. Rex, what's your uh, reaction besides my uh, A-plus pronunciation of Rio's last name? Uh, you got scared there at the end. You, I could I could tell you, you panicked a little and you started leaking confidence, but you but you powered through it. Uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, I I want to say and I want to have a, a broader conversation because this came up on the roundtable that you skipped yesterday on Golf Today. Didn't skip. Cam was sick. Had a hundred degree, hundred and three degree fever. Uh, is now feeling much better. Thank you for your concern. Well, and, and then you called me and Cam seemed fine. So all I'm saying is it seems like you just wanted a day off and you used your poor son, your lovely son, your magical boy of a child to get out of work, which seems like a really lame thing for a guy to do. Anywho, I'll go back to yesterday's roundtable because I thought it started an interesting conversation with the idea being, and I, I don't know uh, how many people have seen the Greg Norman tweet about the world rankings, but it was another Greg Norman tweet uh, or X about the world rankings pointing out that only two players that haven't recently gone to live golf remain inside the top 50 sliding scale. So it, that's going to change over the next few weeks. I wanted to split that up into a twofold argument because the first part of the argument, the nuanced part is we can all agree. And it seems like now Augusta national perfectly agrees with the idea that there are players on live golf that are still world-class players just because they went to live golf. That doesn't mean they're not world-class players and shouldn't be in the major championships anymore. And I think this is an important first step towards doing that. And I think all of the majors is going to be a little bit different with the other three versus Augusta national. Cause Let's face it, they can make their own rules. It's what they're best at. In this particular case, though, I will give them so much credit because you look at this important first step as, yes, we can all acknowledge Joaquin Neiman should be in the Masters. And you can keep going down the list of anyone else. Maybe Taylor Gooch comes into the conversation. Whoever else might be in the conversation. That is one part of the conversation. There needs to be some sort of pathway beyond where we're at right now in the game and, and how we might come back together. To I don't get them think in the majors. I don't think right. this has anything to do with live golf. What, I don't think so either. It has what, everything what to do with words. Joaquin Neiman being a world-class player. And I think they realize that. And, and Augusta National realize that. The other part of the conversation. No, and, and no, I, no, 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 no. I don't think that's right at all. I, there, there were two words that were conspicuously absent from this press release. Live golf. Augusta National Golf Club. Live golf was not in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Joaquin Neiman is receiving a special invitation to this year's Masters for a couple reasons. One of them 
is that he's a former winner of the Latin America Amateur Championship, uh, the tournament run by Augusta National, uh, in hopes of inspiring the next generation of players in that region. Joaquin Neiman is inarguably, if not the best, one of the best players from the region that is so important to Augusta National. Secondly, Joaquin Neiman won the Australian Open, a co-sanctioned event on the DP World Tour uh, in uh, earlier this winter. That uh, victory alone got him into the Open Championship. He also has a couple of other top five finishes on the DP World Tour, irregardless of what Joaquin Neiman's world ranking says. And his world ranking says that he is 81st in the world. Joaquin Neiman, A, is an important figure in Latin America, and B, one of the best players in the world right now. But two words that were not in that press release, and this has nothing to do with his season opening victory on Live Golf. Live Golf. Live Golf was not in the press release. This has nothing to do with his accomplishments or accolades. Well, no, of course uh, not. Why would it have anything to do with Live Golf? This has everything to do with the world-class player not in one of the major championships. And again, we can go back to the idea. We all agree that there is something flawed in the system right now, and we need to figure out a way to make sure that the top players don't slip through the crack. Because what fans, media, corporate sponsors, everybody wants is for the top players to go against each other in these major championships. That's what makes them special. And you're right. They didn't mention Live Golf because they didn't have to. This has nothing to do with Live Golf. You're just recognizing a top player, whatever their motivations are. And you pointed out very well what their motivations on this front might be. What I wanted to point out is the other half of the equation. And again, I don't want to get into the Greg Norman part of this because it's nothing but a straw man argument. It's ridiculous. The idea that he's still pounding on the drum that they somehow Live Golf should get world ranking points to remedy this this problem. That's what we're talking. It all comes back to the top players, not in the majors like we want them to. For him to keep going back to the world ranking is just ridiculous because you knew before you started Live Golf that this was going to be an issue, the team golf portion. The world ranking has made it clear each time you've approached them that they have a problem with this. And I even went to during yesterday's roundtable to the idea it, all you needed to do was look at the PGA Tour. They had a built in proof of concept right there in the Zurich Classic that this is a PGA Tour sanctioned event that gives out FedEx Cup points and a lot of money. And you know what they don't get? World ranking points. Because the world ranking doesn't want to deal with how they sort of sort out teams and, and partners and events. And what's going to happen if Billy Horschel is walking down the fairway and his teammate needs him to do X, Y, or Z. That's not what they want to get into. So that's the hang-up. The world ranking can get by the idea it's 54-hole events, shotgun starts, limited fields, whatever else you want you want to throw at them. They, they, they can find workarounds for that. The one thing they can't find a workaround is the team concept, and Greg Norman and Liv doesn't want to change that. So you can't keep going back to the world ranking. It's a ridiculous argument. Well, it's also how kind of politics work in this country, isn't it, where you just where you just grind down your opponents, you ground down society by just being the same drum, and eventually it just becomes an accepted part. That's clearly Greg Norman's strategy that he's employed over the past couple of years. It's it's pretty obvious, and it, it came out uh, in some of the documents, that, that players were told that we would be able to get World ranking points, just as they Incorrect. were told. Exactly, just as they were told that the PGA Tour could not suspend them for a single day. Incorrect. If they were to play on Live Golf, also incorrect. And so, I, I think it's I think it's an interesting uh, point where where we are now, where where Live Golf could have made changes to kind of acquiesce the official World Golf ranking, and yet they haven't. They added a couple wild card spots. That's obviously not going to be enough to lay some of those concerns uh they they still are, are are diving headlong into the team competition and you know i've kind of made the argument on this podcast they should just 
kind of forget their bid for official world golf ranking points and just go straight into team composite competition. Instead, there's, they're sort of stuck in this Double in between down. where they want to be two things uh, to two sections uh, of people. Augusta national on several occasions over the past couple of years, Rex has made clear that they do not care for live. They don't care for its format. They don't care for the disruption that is caused in the professional golf landscape. And keep in mind, this was the exact same group. Augusta national golf club was part of the exact same group that shut down lives bid for official world golf ranking points. And so I think it, it shows you what they think of live golf. And that's where kind of Taylor Gooch finds himself. Whether you look at uh, official world golf ranking, whether you look at data golf's ranking, Taylor Gooch is a top 50 player in the world. According to those rankings, he's 40th. Joaquin Neiman is 22nd. I think that's inarguable uh, that those rankings are more accurate. They might not be uh, more fair. I think the official world golf ranking is a fair measure. Uh, it, however, it is not accurate. Does Taylor Gooch? Does Taylor Gooch now have a legitimate gripe, being a three-time winner last season, being the best player on Live Golf, and yet it appears that he is going to be shut out of at least the first major of the year? Uh, yeah, I think he's got a legitimate gripe, and look, he's probably at the top of the list, and we can sit and sort of parse out maybe some of the others that may have a, a good gripe. I just don't like my ally when it comes to Taylor Gooch. I don't feel great about going to the mat for him because we'll go back to last year's Open, and I think both of us got hung up with the same idea that his argument was the USGA has changed the rules to try to keep me out. Well, they had changed the rules months before he realized this, and if he really wanted to play in the US Open, he could have gone to qualifying, and he chose not to. So that one is always sort of Taylor Gooch also thought he could just play one live event and then come yeah. back to the PGA tour. So there's a lot not of a, not a, not a, not there's a, a lot one. of alarms. There's there's a lot of red flags when it comes to Taylor Gooch and his logic when it, and it comes to this. So, again, that's why I don't like him as my ally here. But, yeah, I, I think he certainly does. And that's why I would you're right. Augusta National, just like probably the USGA and the PGA of America. Seth Wall has been pretty clear about his thoughts when it comes to live golf. Not big fans. I get it. I understand they're part of the current ecosystem and they're probably going to decide with that side. Always. I just think this announcement should be celebrated as a bit of a breakthrough for all the reasons you pointed out, whatever the motivations are, Augusta national has realized that mm, we don't have the best field in golf right now. Like we need to find a way to, to work these players back into the fold because they want Joaquin Neiman there. I would think they would want Taylor Gooch there. I would think there'd be quite a, probably a handful of live players, you want to figure out how to get into the fold. As I said, the problem is going to be what's going to happen for the PGA Championship and then the U.S. Open and then the Open Championship. They have qualifying, but as Taylor Gooch has proven, live golfers don't have much interest in qualifying. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, Joaquin Neiman is in the field this week at an Asian Tour event. He's one of 21 live players who are in the field. So I think you know, when it comes to Joaquin Neiman, it was, it was kind of a perfect storm. Was it not? He's he's from a he's from a, a a region of the world that's very important to Augusta National. He won a, a marquee event, the Australian Open. Uh, he's performed well in two other starts in the DP World Tour, and he's also made the effort to try and qualify and and take up membership yeah. on the DP World Tour. He to to try and get to the major championships rather than just kind of sitting back and and lobbing grenades at the major organizations. I think that's. Uh, something that is is commendable as well and it needs to be pointed out I, I think i saw a tweet on this from our boy nosferatu who's usually pretty good with the math 
because of where the world ranking is with that field that they're playing in this week on the Asian International Series. It was a good even if he, anyway. Even if he would have won, he, it wouldn't have moved him inside the top 50. So that probably, I would think, would have been in the minds of Augusta National as well. Here is someone, to your point, you're right, I'll, I'll pull that one back a little bit, who's trying, who's branching out a little bit and trying to figure out a way to play in the year's first major because it means that much to him. Then let's make sure he's in it. Do you think Nieben is 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 pulling the ripcord and and flying home from Oman? I know I know next week he is he is playing uh, in the live golf event in Jeddah. But what if he's just like ah, I think I'm I think I'm good here. I don't really need to tee it up. Uh, I, I probably I wouldn't blame him if he did, but I I think those guys probably have learned after what is it now a year and a half, uh, almost two years now of playing on live golf. I, I think most of them are figuring out that man, I got to play more than fifteen times or fourteen times a year. Like this is yeah. not. A good flow. I don't like it. Worked for Tiger Woods uh, to a certain degree uh, over his career because less was more when it came to Tiger. I think for the vast majority of players, more is more. Like you do need to get some reps in. I'm not saying everyone needs to be Patrick Reed and play 35 times a year, but 14 is probably not enough. And it could still give him a buffer if he is able to pick up some world ranking points with the PJ cutoff as well. Traditionally, mm-hmm. it's not written in the guidelines, but traditionally they do uh, extend invitations to top 100 in the world rankings. Again, Joaquin Neiman as of this posting, is 81st in the world. Sausage fingers up. Please go, please go ahead. Sausage fingers up. You, you reached out to our, our bestie, uh, Lil Russ, trying to look for topics. You were a little, little panicky this morning. that We weren't going to have topics for this podcast. Uh, and I disagree with that. Again, because you skipped yesterday's roundtable and because Eamon being maximum Eamon Lynch threw all kinds of just A lot of grenades. conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. A lot of conspiracy theories. And I did want to run this one by you. I'm sure you have somewhere you wanted to steer the pod. I apologize for interrupting. You, however, when it came to Roy McIlroy, and we addressed his comments, uh, I think on Sunday from last week in Los Angeles about a global tour, and he kind of elaborated a little bit and gave a little bit more detail. And the question, and this, I, I feel, all right, Eamon, like if, if this is wrong, please call me out next time we're on air because you, you're not shy about this. I feel like this came straight from from Eamon. Is Rory McIlroy's thoughts on a global tour, quote unquote, realistic? And my response to that was, not only is it realistic, it is inevitable. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I, I think I fully agree. I think that the, there's, there's a couple yeah. sticking points. Like, I think there's, I think there's a couple, a couple sticking points. I think there's a litany the youngish, of sticking points, not a couple, but for, for youngish Americans, let's call them 28 to 32. I think there are going to be certain hangups and it's going to take a lot of convincing to hop on a plane and travel internationally six to 10 times a year, you know, to, you know, traditionally, they've done one-offs where they go chase appearance money. You think back to the South African Open uh, late last year, Justin Thomas and Max Homa uh, both hopping on a jet. They both played uh, both played well there. Max Homa got the victory, but that's kind of a one-off. And they, you know, you, you build a safari and then you head home and collect some money uh, for the holidays. But but sort of building in these these swings. I'm actually glad that you took the conversation here because I actually took the time. I had a lot of time on a red idea that I did not sleep on to kind of map out what this world tour could look like. And it's very complicated. I, I think the easiest part Rex is actually knowing where you should go, where you should go domestically and then where you should go internationally. It's actually creating a workable flow throughout the calendar year that I think is the hard part. So you, if you, if you look at the domestic stops and where the PJ tour should go, and I'll, I'll do these slowly so people can follow along. I think you really have to lean into the best 
courses, the best Talks venues. Like, I'm writing them down. on the on the PJ Tour. And so, if you're looking uh, domestic in the U.S., I think you have to go to Kapalua. It's a recognizable venue. It may not be the best golf course, uh, but it is incredibly recognizable to fans. You would do Torrey Pines, which has hosted the U.S. Open. You would go Pebble Beach, uh, one of the meccas of U.S. golf. You would go to Phoenix and the rowdiest fan base, uh, potentially going to be I, a little bit I, more tame in the coming I, well, hold weeks. Hold on. Let, let's, well, let, let's try this a, a different way. You, you're you're yep. going to wear this down uh, because this is what you like to do. You, you like to drone on a little bit. You you do yammer from it's time not, to time. This is so, not droning on. This is literally – this is naming it, the domestic stops that I would take. Well, you're today. yammering. Let's start with the starting point, point of, I think, 24 events is what Rory sort of threw out there. And look, he's yep. not on the policy board anymore, so this isn't insider information. This is where he's starting from. I think we can both agree – you can lop off four of those. It's the four major championships, right? Let's just include those as that's four of the 24. So now you're starting at 20 with the idea that, as you pointed out, eight to 10 of those need to be international. We, we all on the same page here? Probably. I think I think 10's, I think 10's too many. I, I don't, I don't uh, think there's any way that, that you can get 10. Uh, could be because well, the reason I stopped you is because you had already named at least three, maybe four West Coast events. Correct. And so you're going to have to, you're going to West have to coast do, is the best coast. I'll that is the highlight that. of the, of the PJ tour schedule. If those are the best uh, events, you, you can't oh, a, have them up against football and you can't have them in kind of the run up to the masters. So, again, the tricky part is going to be creating a workable flow to also uh, get events internationally. And so we're up to, I believe four, including Phoenix and you do Riviera, then you do Bay Hill, then you do the players, uh, and then you're looking at really the best courses that you have remaining on the PJ Tour schedule. To me, that's Hilton Head. To me, that's Muirfield Village uh, and the Memorial. To me, that's Quail Hollow and what uh, will no longer be known as the Wells Fargo Championship. Uh, I do believe you'll see a match play event back on the schedule. Then you have the three playoff events, the St. Jude, the BMW, and Eastlake for the Tour Championship. That's where you need to go, in my opinion, domestically. You could also throw in Colonial as well if uh if if hilton head is not really your flavor Th that's it if if you're the pga tour and you're trying to create this 80 person uh world tour for the very best players uh in a very limited schedule that's it there is nothing missing from that domestic u.s schedule where it gets interesting then rex is how you blend that into this international schedule and creating this world tour and having some swings, but also building in the time off for players to travel, to work on their game, to bet a new equipment, whatever the case may be. Because if you're going to have a 24-event schedule for the very best 80 players, the, 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 the probability, the likelihood, almost the inevitability, is that all of those players are going to be teeing it up. They're not going to be taking any of these events off. It's almost like a, a contracted situation, just like Live Golf is. You didn't name a Northeast venue because they don't have any currently on the PGA Tour. I'm like, well, the tra yeah, the Travelers would be a Northeast venue. That would be the not go one. not going to Connecticut. Nope, Connecticut is not uh, on the docket. But I'm like, well, yeah, you have to you have to have a Boston. I mean, the Meadowlands really New York, aren't New York City you have either. Have a but Chicago. They, they football there. Like you, you have to you have to go to those big markets. I'm I'm with you, but as as the current PGA Tour schedule stands. You, you don't you don't have that, and you're you're not going to be travelers is not going to be one of them. Uh, and I think Quail probably isn't a viable option as as it stands right now. As we know, Wells Fargo, Charlotte, is huge market, got to go there. 
huge market. And, and look, I think Quail Hollow, the club itself, is, is very, very popular among the players. I think Johnny Harris has created his own version of Augusta National. I just don't know if it's viable going forward from a corporate standpoint. From what I've been told, they've, they've, they've touched on and, and tried to essentially nail down two or three different potential sponsors to take uh, Wells Fargo place. Not a lot of traction right there. The match play has always been a problem. I don't know why you would be motivated to bring that back. I, I don't think anybody... Play. I love the. Match I don't think play. anybody I last think... year looked at each other and went, "Man, I'm going to miss the match play." No one said that. I no did. one said. No, I did. no one. Listen, I didn't. listen back to the podcast. I love that tournament, and I think once a year, you never covered it. Year, number one, so you loved it so much, you never wanted to, to get off your couch. Covered it all the time. Covered it all the time. No. I covered it three times. You in did Austin. not. I loved it. I loved it. You I loved, loved Austin, is what you loved. Nope. You didn't particularly I covered love it. The match covered play. it in Dove Mountain. I covered it at Harding Park. Loved the I tournament. Think you did Dove Mountain. Sure, did. I don't think I could get anybody to the we top were, of that mountain with me. We were for, in the snow. Uh, we were in the snow together. Uh, and to, well, to, I think to address whatever combination, and you named 17 events counting the three playoff events, and whatever combination, I think the match play is a little ridiculous. Again, no one, no one is sitting around clamoring for the new match play to come. Fine, you love it, but no one else. There's no petitions, there's, there's no social media, there's no outcry to bring back the match play. So I don't know why you would want to create something that doesn't exist when there's plenty of other good options for you to go to Quail Hollow would be Because people are pissed off about other stuff. Quail Hollow would ranking. be questionable. You're, you're not in the Northeast. That seems to be an issue. Probably the one issue that you brought up that I don't think will be a problem, uh, according to, you, to this, so you named 17 events. So 17 international events. And we can name those probably pretty easy and give some pretty good options. Those could all be bookends. Those could be two or three at the, you know, before the West Coast swing starts and two or three after the playoffs. That way it doesn't encroach on the idea that this is going to, and and you're kind of assuming that the DP world tour continues as it is in whatever the future looks like. Drink up folks. I appreciate another fun comment about that one. Uh, whatever the future looks like drink twice. I, I think we can safely assume that players will know European players will no longer be scrambling, trying to get their minimums on that tour to maintain you know, their, their status for the Ryder cup or whatever the case may be. I think that's going to be baked into the future of the game of golf. I, I don't hate this. I mean, I think you clearly put some thought into it, what you've touched on though. And I'm glad we did this as an exercise is how complicated this is going to be. I mean, you're going to be building a plane while it's in the air and it's It's not going to be easy because you have so many competing interests now that you've added a layer of the international component to it. So right now, if you look at the PJ tour schedule, the weakest part, I think inarguably is, is the summer. It's the summer and the events around the U S open and around the open championship. It's just, it's just a dead part of year. In, in my opinion, you should move a lot of parts from the West coast swing. So early in the year into the summer, last I checked, they just had the U S women's open at Pebble beach in the month of July. It went swimmingly. You still get, you know, the, the weather conditions, but the sun is more likely to shine than it does in the Crosby and Clambake weather that you have in mid-February. Riviera will that. still be Love spectacular. That. Obviously, you cannot have <laughs> you can you cannot go to Phoenix that time of year because okay. you'd be melting on the face of the sun. And so there's probably some some workability with that aspect. But you look at, at the summer, like if and you're looking at some of these international events that you could go to, I would do basically a month abroad in June and July culminating with the open championship. I think the, the Irish open 
you have to include, I think the Scottish Open, you obviously have to include that's a co-sanctioned event on the PGA Tour already. And then you can do kind of the Middle East at the beginning of the year. And I think after the playoffs, you can use, you know, you can do the, the BMW PGA. You can do the Dunhill Links. Uh, which includes St. Andrews in that, in, in that rotation. You have Australia potentially uh, kind of kicking off uh, the, the Middle Eastern swing as well. There's definitely a way to do it, uh, and it's going to take a lot of planning again to kind of build in the off weeks and the potential travel headaches that you're going to have for, let's say, a player who lives in Jupiter kind of sojourning all over the world. Uh, that's going to be very taxing on a body, and I'm not sure – that's going to be uh, of of keen interest to some of these players, but but it can be done, and I think again, pie in the sky stuff. I think it could be spectacular. Uh, actually, correction on my math here. You said Maui, and I didn't count Maui, right? Correct. Am I right on that? You did say yeah, century. I, yeah, I wanted I wanted Kapalua. Yep, that's fine. So that leaves sixteen. Uh, I'm sorry, that there was eighteen events that you recommended. So that leaves essentially six spots for the internationals. And what you named, you <laughs> want to give one to the Irish, one to the Scottish. And so now you're Two. looking at four spots. Yep. I think it's obvious you have to find something in Australia based on the success that Live Golf had at Adelaide. Based I'd go on the Kapalua. Success- I would go Kapalua to Australia to the or Middle no, East. Or the other way. I actually, actually, I would, I mean, logistically wise, logistical wise, if you want to do it the right way, you would start in the Middle East, go to Australia, then go to Hawaii, and then go to the West Coast. Like that's. But again, I'm moving. Frame. I'm moving the. I'm moving the West Coast. Into the summer. I don't mind that. I, I think you and I had this discussion after the nightmare that was Pebble this year about, and I've, I've made this argument before. I've written this column before. If you if you sat down and you wanted to build the best PGA Tour schedule you could, based on golf course, market, uh, flow of schedule, everything, if you really wanted to, to, to create the best product possible, playing Pebble Beach in February is not the time of year to do it. Yes, we do get fantastic weeks from time to time. And we also quite a bit get what we got this year. So you're right. Play Pebble beach in the summertime. We've all been there in the summertime. You and I were there in the summertime and we loved it. Play LA in the summertime. Again, it's very, very nice. That's when their weather is the absolute best. That's when people want to come outside and see sports. So I'm with you on that one. I think six international events is not enough for what they need, what they want to do. I heard Eamon's argument on golf today on Tuesday, essentially being, the European tour, the DP world tour has been doing this for years and they have failed to, to find kind of commercial support to true kind of fortress or uh, buttress this, this world tour concept. You know, you can, you can go to Japan, you can go to Australia, you can go to Dubai, but if sponsor interest is not there, if media partner interest is not there, if player interest in turn and turning up at that event is not there, it's going to fall flat. It's going to take a lot of alignment with a lot of different parties for this to actually work. And and he was absolutely right. And I, I think the, the best example of this would have been the President's Cup that was down in South Africa. By all accounts, really, really successful President's Cup. Like you look at the way it ended in the dark with Ernie Els and Tiger Woods sort of duking it out. Probably one of the closest President's Cup in the history of that event. I've been told by people who were there that commercially it wasn't all that successful to Eamon's point. Like it's hard to sell these things. I will point in modern day, the last President's Cup that was played in Melbourne, the granted Tiger Woods was the captain and that probably factored into it as well. That looked as if it was a wildly successful event. By all accounts, 
Adelaide last year on the Live Golf schedule was a was probably their most successful event, either from a commercial or a fan perspective, whatever the case may be. It's not a, it's not going to be an easy egg to crack. These are not yeah. easy markets to break into. But if you deliver the product that we all want them to deliver, which would be the top 70 or 80 players, including the players from Live, if you find a way to unify the game and you find a way to branch out and, and to make it travel, and to your point about younger players not wanting to travel, I mean, I, I think if this is it, if you tell a young star that, look, you have accomplished, you've, you've made it to the top of the mountain, and these are your 24 events, like go out and make the most of them. I don't think flying from somewhere in the Middle East to Australia to Hawaii to the West Coast is that demanding because it happens in pretty much every other sport. You look at tennis, three of their four major championships are played outside the United States. I just think it, it, it would represent a significant change in how they've traditionally operated from yeah. junior golf to, to college golf to now their, their lives on the PJ tour. You're basically just traveling abroad two to four times a year, depending on your eagerness to, to see new markets. And so to, so to now go six to 10 times and to kind of be away from home for a month and to, to put more mileage on your body, which Roy McIlroy to his credit, I mean, he's been doing this his entire career and has done so incredibly successfully but i think that's going to certainly represent a shift for the scotty schefflers and the jordan Spees and the justin thomases of the ready for a new and exciting career challenge at dhl supply chain you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world we're recognized as a best place to work where people are valued supported and respected dhl supply chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles previous experience in logistics is welcome but not required all opportunities no boundaries dhl supply chain apply today at joindhl.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because I had a charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Well, who have not done it all that often. And and just to just to put a bow on this t- uh, today in my household is uh, National um, YouTube TV Day, and by that I mean I canceled YouTube TV uh, after the Super Bowl, like I do every year. And today is the last day. I- I've discovered that it happens on the same cycle. So today is the last day I'm going to have TV. And I was being ridiculed Pulling by out. my sons, huh? Pour one out. That's it. And I was being ridiculed out. by my sons. And since everyone uh, is so good about commenting, I would be curious to crowdsource this one. That am I the only one? And, and I don't consider myself cheap. Maybe I am. But I just feel like after football is over, and to, to be clear, I have access to all the golf. 
I have Peacock. Thank you, NBC Universal. Appreciate that. I have ESPN Plus. I have Paramount Plus. You know, that comes with Prime Video, by the way. That's how I get that one. Anyway, I can watch all the golf when I'm home. That's part of my job I, I can still do. I just have no interest in the rest of it. Am I the weirdo here? Um, if if you have to ask whether you're cheap, you probably um, you probably are cheap. That's I mean, I'm not the I'm not the I'm not the perfect person to ask. Admittedly, yeah. I have a five year old. I said weird. Two year old. We have every app under the sun. We're not we're not ever minimizing or or or, or canceling. If if anything, we're simply adding. It's a brave new world, and that's the world. That we live in. Uh, Rex, this does actually work as a as a perfect segue to full field season, which we're now to embark on on the PJ Tour schedule. Three of the first seven tournaments of the PJ Tour schedule were signature events. We've gone over them. They were not necessarily a big hit, especially two of the last three weeks. But now we're entering a period where six of the next eight are full field events, including this week, the Mexico Open, where checks notes Tony Finau, the defending champion. Is the headliner this week, Nikolai Hogard, also in the field. We've we've bandied about kind of the importance of the full field event, how they can still deliver, if not ratings, at least some intrigue in kind of this broader PJ Tour schedule. That's not where I want to go with this discussion. But in your opinion, Rex, is there still room for both? Based on what we've seen with the signature events and, and the stars, are you going to be as eager to tune into these full field events, knowing what we know now. Well, I mean, if you kind of look at what we've gotten to your point so far, I, I made the argument yesterday on golf today that if you like storytelling, if you, if you, you know, like the heartstrings, if you like someone who, who pulls themselves up from their own bootstraps, they, you had Chris Kirk and Grayson Murray to open the season in Hawaii. I think you've had cool stories uh, across. You had an amateur win for the first time in decades on the PGA tour. The one thing you were missing is sort of that top player winning i think Wyndham clark was the highest ranked player when he won and he was just he was number 10 in the world so he was the only top 10 player to win so far on uh 54 holes as well all of those things not to not to take it away from um I, i i countered this argument yesterday saying that there has to be room for this on the pga tour schedule because again aiming being maximum aiming wanted to send the probing question out that are the mexico opens of the world over no i don't think they are over because there's still a lot of professional golf there's still a lot of real estate out there to be sold someone wanted to buy this there was a sponsor that has interest in this there may or may not be fans down there i've never been to the mexico open but there is a level a modicum of interest and if you're a business then you're going to try to make the most of that business going forward based on the 15 minute conversation you and i had parsing out whatever the world schedule is going to look like the question is how are they how are the mexico opens and the rest of them not to pick on mexico but you're this week how are the Mexico Opens going to fit in to that universe? I do think there is a place for that. I think it was Johnson Wagner during the roundtable who brought up the idea of just, look, just take whatever's left after you've cherry picked and come up with this 24 event schedule that is going to make everybody happy and be the next future of professional golf. Take whatever's left and meld that with the Corn Ferry Tour and create what Rory has talked about, sort of that our European football pyramid where everyone starts at the bottom and you aspire to work yourself up to the top. And that means you play in the Mexico opens of the world like you do now with an eye towards Donald Palmer Invitational, right? If you're in the field this week at Mexico, you know exactly what a good week would mean. It probably means you get into that next signature event. And I think that is motivation in and of itself. Is it going to be a sustainable product that people are going to watch? That's the 
million, billion dollar question, whatever it might be. We spent the first 10 minutes of this podcast talking about the Masters. And why did we talk about the Masters? Because it's one of the four biggest weeks of the year. We are in the middle of this fight about regular season golf. And it's never become more apparent that regular season golf serves, I would say, little purpose other than to provide context for the major championships. It 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 provides storylines. It's it 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 boosts a player's profile, whether it's a it's entertaining. A, a... Now I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there a little bit. Like it's entertaining. If you weren't entertained watching the Canadian Open just to throw something out last year, like man, you, you don't like golf, man. But I'm saying for I would say a, a casual sports fan, this is the 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 fan that the PJ Tour with this new infusion of cash is trying to tailor its market to. These regular season tournaments provide nothing other than context. Yes, weekly entertainment, sure. For for diehards, yeah, we have a cornucopia of of things to discuss each and every week on on the PJ Tour. But big picture, if you zoom out thirty thousand feet, we're basically boosting profiles. We're analyzing. Okay, Victor Hovland and Max Homa are off to slow starts of the year as the Masters continues to draw near. You see what I'm saying? And so these full field events, which are going to have six of the next eight weeks, I, there's 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 nothing wrong with them. They they are they are serving a purpose. If Nikolai Hogard can win this tournament, we're anointing another young 20-something star. I think that's great. If if Tony Finau can win this tournament for the second year in a row, he also has a top uh, two finish since the tournament started in 2022. I think that's great. It gives him a lot of momentum as the calendar turns uh, to, the Feb- to the Florida swing and with the Masters now just two months away. Like th- this is this can still serve a purpose. Is it going to draw monster ratings? Can't imagine. Are, is there going to be a lot of talking points when we do our recap podcast on Sunday night? Probably not. That's that's perfectly okay. And we're all just kind of operating in the ecosystem that is the current fractured professional landscape. If you ask me to highlight from last year's Major League Baseball season, I'm probably going to say Game 7 of the World Series because nothing's more magical than that in all of sports, but especially in baseball. There was also 162 games they played just to get to the playoffs last year. And those 162 games matter. Like, look, you get into the middle of the summer, just like we do in golf and they get a little long and they get a little boring and people start kind of tuning out and, and let's reconnect in the fall when, you know, we get to the playoffs. That's fine. Cause you don't get to game seven without the 162 games. You have to have the 162 games. You just can't. That's start why it's with, the culmination okay. of the FedEx cup season, Rex. We've heard uh, this uh, over and over again over the past 16 years tour championship uh, culmination FedEx cup season. Uh, you kind of ruined that for me. But all right, I, I see what you're saying. I, I see where you, you went there. Yes, I, t- I 100% agree because you couldn't just pick the two teams you thought spring training's just getting started. You And we can't be like, you know what? The Yankees, they're going to be pretty good. Let's just pick them and let's go with the Dodgers. And let's just go straight to the World Series. Like, you can't do that. That's not the way it works. And it's very, very similar to golf. I think you're right. I think there will be compelling storylines. I, I think it will be compelling television and compelling things for you and I to talk about. We can only hope that someone gets DQ'd for another stupid rule because that seems to be the one thing that moves the needle in golf. No, it's probably not going to kill it when it comes to ratings. It's probably not going to kill it when it comes to clicks on websites, but you have to have. I love my cat, Tiger. And as my best friend, we speak our own language. What's that? You love your litter. He does because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. <laughs> right, Tiger? That's a yes. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates.
Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh. Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. That's sports. If that is not the biggest plug and the biggest tease for our Sunday night podcast, mm-hmm. recapping the Mexico Open, I don't Tony know Fina. what possibly is. Rex, you're home for the rest of the week. Cognizant Classic on deck. I'll be there for a special project uh, next week, mm-hmm. but you are home at least until Bay Hill. What are you firing up on the grill? I actually have something tonight that I'm very excited about. And I actually had to order. Do you have like a taco rack? No. Like when you make tacos. Anyway, uh, someone sent me this link and uh, I, I couldn't. I wish I knew what the website is because I always want to give credit. But someone sent me a link, a link of someone making uh, Smashburger tacos. And I can kind of walk. Oh, through it's it. such it's a like fad. The- oh, no, it's a fad. It's terrible. Do not do it. Abort. It looks delicious. I'm, I'm doing no. it. I'm totally doing it. Anyway, I'm doing it tonight, so we'll have something to talk about on Sunday night, apparently. I, I, mine just fell flat. What are you doing this weekend? It's it's a fad. I've tried them. Don't do it. It's really hard to kind of uh, get Why? the – It's because the 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 bun or wrap or, or shell, it, it does not provide – Yeah, it, it does not provide the proper contrast that you're looking for texturally with a burger. A burger is meant to be eaten on a bun. There's a lot of things that are delicious in a taco. Ground beef is one of them, but ground beef is also kind of crumbled up as a burger patty and trying to bend it and trying to get it as pliable as you need to for the smash burger taco. Big miss. It's just an internet fad that is sure to die a speedy death. Burger meant to be eaten on a bun. Got it. Okay. What do you got going this weekend? Uh, I got some ahi tuna steaks, as uh, I've mentioned wow. a couple times on this podcast. Uh, cholesterol is an issue, and so we're working to remedy that uh, in quick fashion. I'll be doing that uh, on Wednesday. Also, Publix had BOGO chicken wings, and nice. so I'll be doing them my new favorite way, which is to smoke them for 45 minutes until they're about 170 internal, and then flash fry them uh, at 365 in my little countertop fryer for four or five minutes. So you, get, so you have to life, – life is all about balance. Ahi tuna steaks, trying to get those uh, very important omega-3s, and then just killing it absolutely and flushing it down with a six-pack of beer with the fried chicken wings. Actually, you fry them. What what sauce do you toss them in? I do a mild buffalo sauce. As you know, I'm a little bit of a wussy when it comes to heat, uh, but it is uh, Frank's mild buffalo sauce. Gives me just enough tang. Gets 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 the nose going a little, gets the eyes watering. Just a little bit, but does not completely blow the top off uh, like the regular uh, the, one does. The Texas Pete is, is really good. Maybe a tad too spicy for you, but that's what we use. The Texas Pete is delicious. 
All right, folks, that is a wrap up uh, for this Golf Channel podcast with Rex and Lab. We'll be back on Sunday, hopefully, to recap a thrilling, captivating, non-stop action final round from the Mexico Open. If not, we'll still talk about it anyway, and we'll have a lot of fun doing so. In the meantime, make sure you guys go to NBCSports.com slash golf for all the latest news, notes, commentary, and features from the world of golf. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Talk to you in a few days. Burger meant to be eaten on a bun. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Making my cat happy is my number one priority, and Fresh Step Outstretch litter helps me do just that. Meet Mr. Mittens. Mitty, for short. Ah! Mitty is happiest when his litter box is clean and fresh, and Fresh Step Outstretch is amazing at absorbing waste and odor. We sure have found our common ground, haven't we? Happy cat, happy life. Ah! Find Fresh Step Outstretch at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates.